Hi there. In this episode of the Rest-Based Weight Loss Podcast series, we are going to talk about weight loss plateau. I'm going to share some tips on how to avoid the dreaded weight loss plateau. But before we dive in, in case this is your first time listening, my name is Lene Urban. I'm a certified nutrition consultant. I'm a stress management coach. I'm a lifestyle coach. And four years ago, I was able to lose 33 pounds, 12% of my body fat. I went down from a size 10 dress size to a size 3. I did that all without counting calories. I didn't count macros. I didn't start any crazy diet. I didn't start any painful exercise routine. I did not do a lick of cardio. As a matter of fact, I only exercised uh, three times a week for 15 minutes. I didn't exercise any more than that. And I've been able to keep the weight off for these past four years. I've been able to sustain those results. And I did that because I focused on a strategy that brought balance to my metabolism. And I transitioned my lifestyle so that I could incorporate activities that allowed me to naturally reduce stress. And what I learned in that time, based on my experience and the fact that I, I couldn't believe that I, was, uh, that I had achieved these results, I didn't understand why my body was responding so positively to what I was doing. So that lack of understanding sent me on a rabbit hole search into uh, as much research I could find on, on weight loss, uh, as much non-traditional research I could find on weight loss. And what I discovered is that weight issues are not diet and exercise issues. Weight issues come as a result of metabolic imbalance, metabolic imbalance and stress. And the reason why weight loss strategies work so well for some, and those same exact strategies can work 0%, not work at all for others, is because there are different reasons why you and I uh, experience metabolic imbalance. You and I have different areas of stress. We have different stressors. Our lives, our upbringing, everything that contributes to the metabolism and to stress, we're all completely different from each other. And so what worked for me may not work for you because our metabolisms don't match and our stressors aren't the same. So I decided to promote this idea of rest-based weight loss in that it is not a diet program, it's not an exercise program, it's a strategy that teaches you how to learn more about your metabolism, how to learn which stressors are throwing your metabolism out of balance and to give you the tips, the tools, and the strategies that you need to change your lifestyle, to transition your lifestyle, to bring natural balance and harmony to your metabolism, and to reduce stress so that weight loss just happens effortlessly. And not only that, but that it stays off forever. It stays off for the rest of your life. So I want you to fill out the stress health quiz that I created. The stress health quiz I created based on my experience and based on my research, it points to which lifestyle areas, the four major lifestyle areas, uh, contribute most to weight gain and uh, contribute most to the difficulties that people have in being able to lose weight, number one, and keep it off, number two. 
So if you want to find out how you're doing in those four lifestyle areas, then go to operationfixmylife.com slash stress health quiz. I've linked that quiz in the description of this episode. Okay, so let us discuss weight loss plateau. Weight loss plateau is dreaded. If you have started your weight loss journey, if you have experience in weight loss, then you for sure probably have have hit a plateau at some point. If you have not started a weight loss journey yet, but you are on your way, you've started as of this year as part of your New Year's resolutions, then you will eventually at some point hit a plateau. So let me give you a little bit of, of science behind what plateaus are and why you hit them. Probably in a way, uh, I'm going to give you the science in, in a way maybe that you, you, you're not familiar with and that you haven't heard before. Um, and I can confidently say that because even like fitness professionals, you know, even personal trainers and weight loss coaches, they, you know, they have no idea. They know that it's coming and they know that it's approaching, but they don't know how to avoid it. They don't know why specifically it happens. Uh, I used to watch The Biggest Loser years ago. You know, I used to love The Biggest Loser. And the weigh-ins, the weekly weigh-ins, like to see the shock on Jillian Michaels and uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Oh, he was awesome. He was excellent. I can't remember his name, but the other, you know, the other trainer. To see the look of like shock on their faces when somebody from their team would get on the scale and they would lose like zero pounds, even even though they were uh, eating their calories, you know, eating, staying within their calorie window and exercising and getting their workouts in, they there would always come a point in time where somebody would step on the scale and they would lose zero pounds or one pound or just two pounds. So what are weight, pla- weight loss plateaus and where do they come from? Why are they so misunderstood? I think what we, where we have to start is with an understanding of the fact that our metabolisms, your metabolism, my metabolism, our metabolisms are in charge of weight loss. Our metabolisms determine how much weight we lose, if at all, determine where the weight comes off of, determines how long it's going to take and our metabolisms are in charge of what specifically it's going to take for our bodies to be able to release weight. Now here's the problem. When we seek to purposely and intentionally lose weight, we are coming directly in conflict with the job of our metabolism. Our metabolism's job is to keep as much weight on us as possible. Why? I talk, I I mention frequently, I I talk about the fact that our bodies were not created to be sedentary. Our bodies were not created to sit and in front of a computer for eight to nine hours a day. Our bodies were not created essentially for the lifestyles that we're all living right now. Our bodies were created to hunt for food and to gather our bodies were created to hunt and gather. Our bodies were created to work from sun up to sundown, finding the resources, finding the food. Our bodies were created uh, to to be working physically constantly from sun up to sundown in order to keep us alive. And the lifestyles that we're living right now are the complete opposite of that. So in the 
uh, uh, you know, in the circumstances back when our, our hunter-gatherer ancestors were hunting and gathering in, in order to, to, keep, to keep themselves alive, on those, on those occasions, uh, in those seasons, when food became scarce, the metabolism's job was to, during times of abundance, during times uh, where food and resources were available, to pack in as much fat as possible to keep us alive, to keep them alive, to keep human beings alive during times of scarcity, during times of famine, during times uh, where food was not as readily available. And let me die and just let me divert a, a little bit to talk about now the difference between men and women here. The reason why women, the reason why we pack on weight and store fat in certain areas of our bodies uh, that, that men don't seem to store fat in is because these areas of our bodies where it seems so difficult to, to be able to burn fat, these were the areas that our metabolisms would specifically store fat in uh, for those uh, so that if we became pregnant, during times of famine, or if we became pregnant or, or you know, uh, gave birth and we, we would just so happen to be going into times of famine or uh, entering periods where food was more scarce, then our metabolisms would have the extra fat in those stubborn fat areas to tap into for reserves in order to, number one, keep us alive, to burn for energy for us, and number two, to produce milk for the, the babies that we just had. This is the function of our metabolism, okay? And just because, as, uh, just because this world has evolved for, for, the, for, you know, for first world countries... Just because some of uh, the parts of the world have evolved to have 24-7 access to food does not mean that our metabolisms have evolved with it. Our metabolisms are still primed for periods of feast and periods of famine. So what does that look like? That looks like if we are constantly feasting, if we are staying in a steady state of feasting, which we all are because we have 24-7 access to food, because we stress eat, because we eat when we're bored, because we eat when we're watching TV, because we eat, uh, you know, in between meetings and we eat at our desks. We eat for Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's and Valentine's Day and, and Fourth of July. We are constantly eating. OK, so because we're in this constant steady state of feasting, our metabolisms are like, cool. I can take all of this and pack this on and save it all for when the inevitable famine is going to come, not realizing and understanding that famine, most likely, depending on where you live, is not going to come. It's not going to happen. So what happens then when we decide, oh, my gosh, I've been feasting so much. My metabolism has packed on all this fat everywhere. I have to do something about this now. It's affecting my health. It's affecting my weight. It's affecting my productivity. Now I have to do something. What happens when you start going to the gym and you start exercising? What happens when you start dieting? What happens when you start decreasing your calorie intake? You are sending a message to your metabolism that the famine has arrived. 
The famine is here. The times of feasting are over and now the famine is here. That's very specifically the communication that your metabolism is receiving when you begin restricting your calories and exercising. So then what does your metabolism do? Your metabolism says, okay, here we go. It's famine time. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to slow down so that you stop burning as many calories so that you can keep, I'm going to slow down and we're going to, we're going to start using minimal calories to keep you alive and to keep you, you know, to keep you going. And then when you actually do eat, I'm going to store all of those calories I'm going to keep storing them. I'm going to store them as fat because I don't know how long this famine is going to last. That's, this is what your metabolism is. This is the conversation your metabolism is having. You, don't, you can't hear your, metabol- your metabolism talking, but this is what your metabolism is saying. Your metabolism is saying, okay, the famine is here. First, let's slow down the calorie burning. Let's slow down the calorie output. And then when we do have the opportunity to eat, let's store all of that. Let's only burn as much as we need, and then let's store the rest of it as fat, just in case this famine period lasts as long as the feasting period did, okay? So the longer you exercise and the longer you restrict calories, the longer you expose your metabolism, the longer you communicate to your metabolism that the famine is still happening. And so your metabolism will then continue to decrease your calorie output and increase the amount of calories that you store when you actually do eat. And I have some bad news. This transition, this transformation that happens, it's permanent. Looking at uh, some articles and research about the biggest loser, I mentioned the biggest loser at the beginning of this episode and I loved it. Well, I read some articles about the fact that... um, Some uh, researchers did, you know, some studies on some of the Biggest Loser participants, and they found that many of the participants after the show, after they lost all of that weight, many of the participants were burning about three to 500 less calories at rest than they were before they went on the show. This is the act of exercising and dieting in order to lose weight does irreversible, creates irreversible change to your metabolism, slows it way down so that it can store, it can keep storing and it can keep storing fat. It can keep storing fat because it doesn't know how long the famine is going to last. So, You're exercising and you're dieting. Every three to four days, your metabolism adjusts a little bit more to burn a few less calories and to store a few more calories. So you can then, can you see, can you understand how then, then after four to six weeks of this, how the weight loss that you were experiencing when you first started, can you see then how that weight loss starts to slow down? Slowly but surely until it comes to a complete halt. Because by that time, your metabolism has completely transformed and adjusted 
so that you are no longer burning the same amount of calories that you were before you started dieting and exercising. That is weight loss plateau. You've hit a plateau. That's where that plateau comes from. So with all of that being said, how do you avoid weight loss plateau? Well, let's talk, let's think about what, what I mentioned uh, that your, that your metabolism is, or what you're communicating to your metabolism when you do start dieting and exercising, you are communicating to your metabolism that there is a famine. That's the communication. So in order to avoid weight loss plateau, every once in a while, you have to communicate to your metabolism that there is no famine. So in practical terms, what does that look like for some people? Some people, uh, some people utilize cheat meals. They utilize one meal a week or one day a week where they just go crazy, where they just go ham and they have, uh, they have whatever they want. I'll never forget, um, the rocks Instagram post, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. I saw an Instagram post of his like a year or two ago when he was training for a movie and uh, he posted a picture. He was like, man, I love my cheat days. And the, <laughs> like, he po- like he had like, I don't know, it looks like about 40 or 50 pancakes. <laughs> Maybe I'm exaggerating. But it really looks like four stacks of pancakes. Like, I don't know, a, a large deep dish pizza. I forget exactly what it was. But his cheat meal was like out of control. It was just ridiculous. But, you know, I'm sure that you have experience or you know people that can pig out once a week and they stay and they get right back on the horse on Monday. They get right back into the gym. They get right back on their diet plan and they stay lean. They don't gain any of their weight back. Okay, so cheat meals for some people are an excellent way of sending that communication to the metabolism that there is no famine. But here's the problem with cheat meals. I'm raising my hand here. You can't see me. But here's the problem with cheat meals. If you are an emotional eater, like I was, if you have a food addiction, like I had, if you were raised in a home where you have been overweight since you were since you were a kid, where you started struggling with your weight around seven, eight, nine, ten years old, if you were raised by parents or a family that are also overweight, if your entire family struggles with weight issues, if you uh, experienced abuse, molestation, trauma, neglect, rejection as a kid, and you have unresolved issues from your childhood, if you experienced abuse, neglect as a teen or as a young adult, if you experienced uh, trauma in relationships, in your marriages, in relationships with your family members, if you experienced rejection and neglect from your friends or people that were supposed to love you, then do you know what those cheat meals are going to do? They're going to send you spiraling completely out of control. Why? Because of the emotional attachments that you have to those foods as your source of comfort. So... If you fall within those categories, then then you know that cheat meals are not going to be your thing. Cheat meals are not going to be uh, cheat meals are not going to be for you. For you specifically, it won't be cheat meals. What will it be? 
For you, it's going to be a combination of, of two, two different things. You have to do these two things congruently. They have to be done congruently at the same time or else it's not going to work. For you, number one, you have to incorporate um, rest and relaxation. You have to incorporate about 20 to 30 minutes, seven days a week of some sort of relaxation activity. And very specifically, relaxation activities that have been scientifically proven to reduce stress. These activities that reduce stress, that reduce cortisol, and you can do a quick Google search. What activities reduce cortisol? Do a quick Google search on that. The same activities that reduce cortisol are the same activities that communicate to your metabolism that there is no famine. So you have to spend 30 minutes a day doing a rest and relaxation activity. For me, that relaxation activity was going for slow walks every single day. And I bumped, I bumped my walks up from about 20 minutes to about, 30, uh, about 40 to 45 to 60 minutes, like seven days a week. Okay, so that's part one of what you have to do. And the second thing that you have to do is not diet. You actually can't diet. You, you actually cannot expose your body to feelings of, I haven't eaten enough food. Like, this isn't enough. The second you start dieting and you start exposing your body to deprivation, like, for example, you love cookies, you love brownies, and then you just take that away and you start craving those things. As soon as you start like depriving your body, then you, you are further in communicate, communicating to your metabolism that there is a famine. And what your metabolism is going to do, because your uh, behavior, your, your behavior with food is more of an emotional issue than it is a hunger issue, is your metabolism is going to increase your cravings for those things that you're trying to give up, which will eventually cause you to binge on them. So you can't diet. You can't. What you have to do instead is you have to start swapping out high calorie foods that don't have as much nutritional value. You have to start swapping those out for the types of foods that can meet your same needs, but without all of the calories, but, but still add in some nutritional value. So what does that look like? Instead of having like brownies for dessert, Instead of having pie or cake or cookies for dessert, you swap out the cookies with a fruit salad. Emotionally, will it do the same thing as the cookie? No. But in terms of what your body needs, that sugar that your body looks forward to at the end of your meal, it'll give your, it'll give your metabolism and your body the natural sugar that your body needs from you. Okay? If, uh, if you usually have like chips potato chips while you're, you know, with your sandwich or potato chips while you're sitting and watching a movie or, you know, watching your TV shows after work. What does that look like in practical terms? That looks like instead of having chips with your meal, swapping that out for um, some like roasted potatoes or sauteed potatoes uh, with, you know, with some seasoned salt or sea salt where you're still having like that the the salt and the carb but you're re- you're removing the emotional attachment that's attached to the chips 
you're removing that emotional attachment and you're still giving your body that satisfaction and satiation of like the salty carb, except now you're adding in some, uh, you're adding in a few more nutrients as opposed to just eating potato chips that provide no nutritional value at all. Do you see what I'm saying? Swap out your high calorie foods and snacks that don't provide any nutritional value. Swap those out for whole foods, non-processed foods that still fulfill the same responsibility, but without the empty calories. That's what you have to do. And that process, it takes a while for you to be able to sift through all of the things that you eat, all the things that you crave, and you have to do this process. I recommend you have to do this process one by one. Not swapping out a whole bunch of things all at once. I recommend like one by one, swapping out one thing at a time over time. That will very slowly transition you from eating like what you're eating right now to and relying on food as your emotional comfort to then relying on the relaxation activity for emotional comfort and then using food for fuel. And then over time, this will naturally reduce the amount of calories that you consume. And then your, your, your metabolism will, will release weight without any problem, effortlessly, without any stress or strain. All right? Those are my tips to avoid weight loss plateau. If you have any questions, I would love for you, if you have any questions about this, especially if you feel like you have experienced weight loss plateau before previously and every time when you experience weight loss plateau or every time you have, you've always gained some weight back because of a combination of factors, because of discouragement, uh, because of just falling off the wagon, because of frustration. If that is you, if specifically if you've done that, then you are going to find that trying to get back on the horse and go back to doing what you were doing before, it's not going to, you're not going to lose the same weight that you were able to lose previously. Why? Because your metabolism has already adapted to that. It's already adapted to what you're doing. And so it won't burn the same amount of calories this time that it did the first time. Your metabolism has already changed. So for you, I would really encourage you to, to join my Total Body Transformation Program so that we can first work on shaking up your metabolism and then implementing a strategy this time that will allow you to lose weight without hitting the plateau, bypassing the plateau so that you can so that your weight loss keeps going. And how do you and how do you do that? How do you um, get more information about joining the Total Body Transformation Program? You start by filling out the stress health quiz. Even if you filled it out previously, you already filled it out before, but you want to fill it out again with the intention and purposes of joining my program that begins on January 21st. I want you to fill out the quiz again. And at the end of the quiz, I want you to click the link to schedule, uh, I want you to click the link to fill out the intake form that asks some more questions. And then that allows you to schedule a call with me. Okay. The link is in the description of this episode. All right. That's all I have today. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of the rest-based weight loss podcast series. My name is Lene Urban, your host, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Ciao.